We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR injury law help me if I'm hurt on a motorcycle? Yeah. How about if I'm hurt on a boat? Yes. It's simple. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, Episode 9. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Gophers, and welcome back to our podcast. What a time to be a Golden Gopher hockey fan. The men's team has won eight games in a row and is ranked second in the country, coming off of a weekend that saw them win the Big Ten Championship. The women's team is ranked number one in the country. They haven't lost in regulation since December. They won the regular season WCHA Championship as well. Our Go Gopher Podcast hockey expert guest, is hockey reporter and guru Jess Myers from The Rink Live. He'll be my guest in a moment. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by our great friends at Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started. Make the most from your life's work, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Our Go Gopher podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. As always, our thanks to Tony, a big-time Gopher fan. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast. You can go back and listen to other Go Gopher podcasts. For example, last week we had the legendary Polish Eagle, Dick Jankowski, on. And we have two podcasts this week. Our other one focuses on Gopher men's basketball. So look that one up and listen to that as well. It's absolutely free for you to subscribe and free to listen at any time. Time. This episode, it's Golden Gopher Hockey with Jess Myers. Stay with us. Hey, Gopher fans. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, Sky Yuma, go Gophers. With Jess Myers, reporter for The Rink Live, we're thrilled to be talking Golden Gopher hockey with him. And uh, Jess, uh, thank you for joining us here on the Go Gopher podcast. It's nice to talk to you, Mike. And man, has there ever been a better time to talk Golden Gopher men's and women's hockey right now? Uh, Gopher men ranked number two in the country and uh, Gopher women ranked number one in the country. So best of times for the maroon and gold. Yeah, no doubt. Both with, I think, and I think you'd agree, most anyone would agree, legitimate chances for both to potentially, you know, win it all. Obviously, there's a ways to go for both before they get there, but uh, both very talented. Uh, let's talk men's hockey first, Jess, if we can. It's it, it's a bye week this week as we talk. Uh, good time to reflect back on what has happened, and a good time to also look Absolutely. ahead. You know, at what is um, what lies ahead for this team with, with certainly some big goals. Um, let's talk about 
uh, let's do a little recap here first, though. Uh, you know, this team, uh, it, it seemed like continued to split week after week after week. They'd, they'd be good on Friday and not on Saturday, and then all of a sudden they'd be bad on Friday and good on Saturday. And sometimes they'd be good and you still lose when you play well, uh, you know, because there's some other good teams uh, in, in this hockey. And now all of a sudden they've won eight in a row. They got their Olympians back. Nelson is back. It's a pretty talented group. Uh, what's your assessment here of, of this Gopher team up to this point? And when I did my midseason report around Christmas time with Bob Motzko, um, his great line was six days a week. I love this team. <laughs> One day a week. I have no idea who they are. Now, the glasses half empty thing is they were splitting every weekend. They, they would win one game. They, they couldn't figure it out the next game. And that's why Bob Motzka was confused because one night a week, they, they would look fantastic. And the next night, all these weird mistakes and uncharacteristic things would pop up. So the glasses half full approaches, they were splitting every weekend. Bob Motzko likes to look at it this way. We were getting wins every weekend. They got swept in October against Minnesota Duluth in a home-and-home series. And after that, since that point, they've won at least one game every weekend. And now, as you mentioned, they're on the eight-game win streak. This is actually pretty typical for Bob Motzko's teams. They always seem to kind of figure things out after Christmas. Uh, The freshmen are no longer playing like freshmen. You know, you see that kind of maturity. And I think that's what we've seen here in the second half. But of course, you know, as Bob Mosco says, there's been some turbulence <laughs> and and they've been bounced around a little bit here in the second half uh, on the way to winning a Big Ten title. Yeah. And now, though, it looks like, you know, through the Olympics that, you know, they were missing three of their top players. They're back. They got integrated back in. And it's amazing what Ben Myers in specific has done uh, even since he's been back. And then, as we mentioned, Nelson's back and um, he's going to have some decisions to make, I think. Right. There's I mean, I don't want to, you know, be hyperbolic here. But there's there's a lot of talent on this team that he may have to he may have to make some decisions on who plays and who may not play in important situations. The first game of a two game series at Michigan State in early January, uh, Jackson Nelson broke his ankle. From that point on, Bob Motzko likes to point out they haven't had a full squad. You know, um, they're close to full health now. But uh, Jazz Lucius has missed the last four games and, uh, you know, is dealing with a, an ailment. And that was an interesting situation two weeks ago. Friday night at Penn State, you know you're going to be without the three Olympians. And then all of a sudden, Chaz Lucius can't go either. And Ben Brinkman was suspended by the Big Ten for one game. <laughs> so they they literally slapped together a lineup of anybody they could find. You know, my favorite story of the second half of this season, Sam Rossini, a kid who graduated last May, got his degree, I think, from the Carlson School, uh, was working as a fiscal analyst in, in a nine to five day job was skating outdoors on a pond with some buddies two nights a week. He gets a call from Bob Mosco on about January 1st and says, hey, how would you like to use your uh, COVID year and come back and play a little hockey? He plays at Penn State, which has never been an easy place for these Gophers to play. He gets an assist in that game. I mean, it, it was just uh, one of those one of those crazy things that, you know, nobody would have envisioned. And, and hey, we're how many minutes into this thing? We haven't even talked goaltending yet. That's right. a story all in itself. No, no question. Jack Lafontaine, you know, uh, leaves the team uh, for for a good, you know, a lucrative situation uh, with with, uh, with pro hockey, and nobody was for sure what that meant in early January. But what about this, Justin Close? And and I got to ask you, uh, I've heard it pronounced both ways, Justin Close or Justin Close. What, what how how is it really supposed to be? 
he pronounces it Justin Close, but of course, this being hockey, his nickname is the Closer. So that's <laughs> there, there's there's further confusion. So you're absolutely right. Now I, I'm writing a little bit about this, but that series at Michigan State was amazing because they go out there. Okay, Jackson Nelson gets hurt. That's the bad news. The good news, they finally get a sweep that weekend. They move atop the Big Ten. This is January eighth. Everything is looking up. They fly home from East Lansing. Uh, all is right with the world as soon as Jackson Nelson gets healthy. And literally the next day, Bob Motzko gets a call from his all Mr. Everything, Mike Richter award-winning goalie that says, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be here the rest of the season. I just signed a pro contract. Uh, you talk about uh, throwing a little bit of a wrench in the gears there. With all of that said, they had a very capable backup in Justin Close. Obviously, he hadn't gotten the chance. You know, His joke last weekend Jared Moe, the, the goalie for Wisconsin, came back uh, to play against the Gophers. He had been a Gopher for the for the first two years. I asked uh, Justin Close about his relationship with Jared Moe, and he said, well, we did have a lot of time for small talk over the previous two years because those two would sit together on the bench. Last season, Jack LaFontaine played 1,700 minutes in the net, and, and those two got to know each other real well, uh, backing him up. And then here they were last weekend, one of them starting from Wisconsin, one of them starting from Minnesota. So just, just a really neat story. But, but Justin Close came in with really solid credentials. He's a kid out of Saskatchewan. He was the top goalie in the Saskatchewan Junior League his first year of junior hockey. His second year of junior hockey, he was the MVP of the entire league. So it's not like this was you know some guy they found off the street. He came in with a very solid Solid resume had just kind of accepted his role as as the backup. You know, is is getting an education, which is what college hockey is all about. And uh, that was just kind of going to be the story here for the way things uh, were playing out until January eighth or January 9th when uh, the Carolina Hurricanes come calling and say, "Hey, Jack Lovettin, we need you right now." <laughs> Crazy. And now, you know, I think at, at the start, he was putting up some good games. And you're wondering, will the other shoe drop or, you know, will the other skate drop, I guess, for for, for uh, to, to stay with the hockey vernacular. And the next thing you know, he's putting together games. He's got back-to-back shutouts this last weekend. Um, I mean, this is a kid that looks to me now that he's got a big enough sample size that, that this team can uh, can count on this guy, right? Absolutely. And, and the one thing that was really neat was, you know, Bob Mosco noted – Jack LaFontaine has announced he's leaving. We talked about he. This is Bob Motzko talking. He said, we talked about it as a staff for maybe two minutes. You know, it's like, okay, he's gone. <laughs> There's nothing to talk about. We move on. We've got another goalie in place. They did bring in Owen Bartoskevich from juniors early. He was planning on coming in next fall, and he he came in early, a, a talented kid out of Detroit, and, and maybe the goalie of the future on this team. But uh, the one really neat thing you saw is, players kind of rallying around Justin Close. This is guy, a guy who for two years had been just the perfect teammate, you know, never complained about playing time, knew his role, was always, you know, one of those first guy on the ice, last guy off the ice would sit and take extra shots with guys because traditionally your starting goalie gets a little lighter workload in, in practice. Um, so he was a guy that the, that the players just loved and said, Hey, it's his turn. We're going to play for him. And, What's really cool in this eight-game winning streak is, yes, Justin Close has been very good, but they're not winning because of goaltending necessarily. They're winning because of everything else going on around them, and Justin Close hasn't had to steal a game for them or anything like that. He's just had to play solid in net, which he's done, and that's been good enough with a team that's got this much offensive depth and is this solid on the blue line. Yeah, and you know uh, when you talk about what what he's done as well, and the the confidence now that this brings uh, as you get now into what can assume, uh, eventually here in the next couple of weeks, you're into a one and done situation. 
situation. How do you think he'll handle that? Because I don't care. That's going to be different than you know a Friday night against uh, Michigan. Even how big that game is, one and done is still a different uh, mentality. It seems. This is one of those kids that I think kind of rises up in the biggest games. And absolutely, you know, it, it changes every bit of the dynamic. This blew me away, Mike, because starting on about January 1st, there were a couple of exhibition games, and then it's been every weekend this Gophers team has been playing since then. It's just been this absolute marathon. Now they get a bye weekend, and I look at the schedule. There are six games left at most, and two games at minimum. Yeah, you know they they could go one and done in the Big Ten tournament, and one and done in the NCAA tournament. Nobody expects that because this is a team that's risen to number two in the national rankings, uh, like a bullet here. But uh, you're absolutely right that that one and done dynamic, especially in hockey, when you can run into goofy things, you can get a bad turnover that that causes a bad goal. And all of a sudden the team starts thinking about things they shouldn't be thinking about or or you can run into a hot goalie. And how many times have we seen that happen? So uh, Gopher fans are obviously hoping the hot goalie is number one, the the, the little guy from Saskatchewan in their net. <laughs> no, no question. No, no doubt about that. And you mentioned the schedule because they have played a bunch of weeks in a row, as you mentioned. I, I think the bye week, this is a good time for the bye week. That that said, I want to ask you about this. Um, if, if things don't go right in the Big Ten tournament, let's say they happen to get upset, you know, a Penn State or an Ohio State. I mean, it wouldn't be a shocker if if they all of a sudden throw, you know, throw something at you and you don't win that game. Now, all of a sudden, this red hot team will have played once in three weeks heading into the NCAA. If if the, the worst case scenario goes, is that a concern if it would unfold that way? That's always something you see in Big Ten hockey for the simple fact that there are seven teams in the Big Ten hockey conference right now, which means an unbalanced schedule. And that means somebody always has the final weekend of the season off. We saw that a couple of years ago. Ohio State won the regular season. They had the last weekend off, so they didn't play. Then they had a bye week. So that was two weeks without a game. They, they played their first Big Ten game and they got beat by, I think it was Penn State. So then they have another week off before they play the NCAA tournament. They went into the NCAA tournament having played one game in something like five weeks. Um, And that's obviously not an advantageous uh, proposition for your team. So this is a new challenge for Bob Motzko as to how to handle this time off and and the downtime. And, you know, I think coaches at, at this time of year, and you've heard it from this coaching staff, is that Rest is a weapon. You know, you you want to have your bodies in top shape. Uh, in in fact, the the funny text I got from Bob Motzko uh, recently was he said it's rest and roll time, not rock and roll time. Rest and roll time. So um, they're going to come into this uh, this series or the, or the one game deal, uh, which will be at Three M Arena at Mariucci, as rested as you probably can be. Um, whether that's a good thing, we'll see. Because I know there are some coaches out there who say, "Hey, let's play tomorrow. We're we're ready to go." Well, and and do you aside from whether you you um, win the Big Ten tournament or not, you're going to obviously make the tournament if you're the Gophers, but I think there is some importance in winning that game just so you get another game the next week to to stay in rhythm, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, and the, the banners are one thing. Bob Monsko likes to call this banner season, yeah. you know, this, this time of year. They've already hung one banner, but every coach will tell you your regular season title is a, a real grind to get to that point because you have to do it for, you know, 28 games or whatever it happens to be in your conference. You don't want to do that. This this was Don Lucia's line. You don't want to win the regular season title at all costs. You want to have something in the tank because, let's face it, the big prize they're all playing for is going to be awarded in Boston in April at the Frozen Four. Right. Um, that would be a huge step forward for this program. It's been eight years now since the Gophers have made the Frozen Four. And, you know, everybody says, well, you know, be, be proud of the history you have. Let's face it, with this fan base – 
there are very high expectations and and a a certain segment of the Gopher fan base that says, you know what, we should be there every year. That's not realistic, but you know, they, they sense that this is one of those teams that absolutely should do something in March and April. I thought that one of the cool things, and I'm sure you've talked about it and and we'll continue to write about it is when we, we mentioned LaFontaine left, uh, I believe it was Bob Motzko. Maybe it was one of his assistants that wrote up on the uh, on the chalkboard or the or the magic board, whatever you want to call it. That what w- what was it again exactly? Something like we have what we need now, or, or so. Uh, Garrett Raboyne, the the top assistant coach, and you know played for Bob Motzko at Saint Cloud State and followed him uh, as an assistant coach at Saint Cloud State. Then came with him to the U of M. He wrote on the board, "We have all that we need." There you go. Yeah. So, and the great part is Bob Motzko followed it up and said, and we need all that we have. Okay. So great, right? everything, everything we need to win is in this room, but we need all of it. There are no passengers. Everybody's got to play their role. Everybody's got to pull on the rope, whatever uh, analogy you want to use. But that was uh, the right message at the right time. I would say for this team that was, uh, you know, had a lot of people saying, Oh boy, what do we do now? Where does the season go from here without Jack LaFontaine? The the message was, you know, we've got everything we need. This is a deep team. I mean, it, it, this is a, another expectation of Gopher fans. And, and I think of the Gopher program is you're going to have a lot of talent. I had one uh, uh, opposing radio guy point out to me this year, you know, some teams are happy if they have three, four or five NHL draft picks on their roster. He hold, held up the Gopher line chart and said, this team has two NHL draft picks on every line. So there, there's a ton of talent here, and, and this is what you should be able to do. You should be able to hit that bump in the road of losing your starting goalie. Uh, the coaches have pointed out it's no different than if it was a knee injury or something like that, that, that all of a sudden Jack LaFontaine is out of the mix. Um, and that's what they've been able to do. I mean, you really have seen guys stepping up uh, in roles that they haven't necessarily played before. And I mentioned it before, but uh, one of the really neat things we've seen in the second half is the freshmen aren't freshmen anymore. You've got guys like Rhett Pitlick, uh, you know, who comes from fantastic bloodlines, obviously, who's who stepped up and scored goals. Tristan Bros, uh, another freshman, had kind of an up and down first half of the year. He was a healthy scratch a couple times. He seems to be scoring about every other game now, so that's really neat to see that emergence of those guys as well. And then you also have some of the the, the cagey old veterans that I thought maybe were struggling early. You look at that Walker and McLaughlin line, and all of a sudden when the Olympians left, uh, they 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 started to put the the puck in the net. McLaughlin's such a great skater, Walker's you know so skilled, and then um, you know I thought also the defenseman um, uh, Jackson Lacombe, who was so good last year for whatever reason was was off his game early, but. But man, has he really got his skates under him now? I mean, he is—he's that's a factor that that blue line with him there. That was a factor early in the season too, in all of those splits. Is Jack Jackson Lacombe admittedly struggled some nights. Um, turnovers are are a thing that drive Bob Motzko crazy, and Jackson Lacombe had a few turnovers that were costly. That uh, you know you rely on your goalie at those points, but it's not uh, certainly not the goalie's fault if he can't stop breakaway as a result of a turnover. That's all cleaned up now. Now, you know, and I'm not saying everything's perfect with this team because, again, you know, Lucius has been banged up and, and he would like to get a little healthier. But this blue line is so rock solid. And, you know, the guy that everybody is talking about and I think is going to be a, a first team all Big Ten, uh, you know, at least on my ballot is, is Brock Faber. Right. You know, with what he did at the Olympics, with what he's done uh, before and after that, you know, to get off a plane from China after something like 40 hours of travel and just walk into the rink at State College, Pennsylvania and say, here I am. Let's play. Let's do this thing. 
great. Uh, that's, that's been a lot of fun to see. And then you mentioned it at the start of the show, but um, I think the consensus pick for MVP in the Big Ten is going to be Ben Myers. Uh, with Again, what he did at the Olympics, what he did before the Olympics, what he's done since then. Um, I wrote about this last week, but these guys made the decision uh, sitting in China. Yeah, we're going to try and get to State College, Pennsylvania. Mike, you've been there. It's not an easy place to get to. Correct. It's not like it's not like flying into Columbus or Minneapolis or, you know, these places with a major airport. Um, it was a haul to get there. Ben Meyer steps off the plane, literally hops into the lineup and has three assists uh, in a game where you're trailing Penn State three nothing after the first period. And, and literally, if you're going to win a big title, you have to find a way to win that game. And he did. Uh, he follows that up with his first hat trick against Wisconsin. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just crazy to see what Ben Myers has done. And the thing I love about this kid, and I keep writing about this. You think about the hockey powerhouses like, you know, Grand Rapids or Warroad or Rozo or Edina or Duluth East. He's from Delano. Yeah. He comes out of Delano and does this <laughs> this much on the hockey rink. So God bless the Delano hockey program for producing players like Ben Myers. Yeah, it, I was so impressed that Friday night, and I think you uh, tweeted about it. I'm sure you wrote about it. The You mentioned the 40 hours and all the different stops that they had to make from China to Japan and what was it, to Dallas and then Harrisburg. and So Be- Beijing to Tokyo. Yep. Tokyo to Dallas, which was 12 hours. And, and this was the worst part. It, they got to the Beijing airport in the middle of the night. And they said they had to file this pile of paperwork to leave the country with COVID and the Olympics and everything like like that. But nothing was open at the Beijing airport, so they couldn't get any food. They get to Tokyo. It's still the middle of the night. So they said they got a bag of chips and a Snickers bar (laughs) in Tokyo. And then they get on a 12 hour plane to Dallas. So they said by the time we got to the Dallas airport, it was a diner. It was McDonald's, like any piece of food they could find in America. They were loading up on. And then it was where they had to split up. Two of them went to, to Boston. One of them went to Charlotte, North Carolina. Both of them went from there to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, you know, the, the capital of Pennsylvania. And then it was still like two hours in the car to get to State College. Because, yeah. again, you know, State College is an amazing place, but it's in the middle of Pennsylvania in in a very rural area. And not any direct flights, I think. Detroit and uh, and Boston, Philly, maybe is about it. You're right. But what, what impressed me was after all of that, we mentioned Myers, was that, that night, that Saturday night. And look, uh, Penn State's pretty known for having fast skaters. Uh, he was the fastest guy on the on the team on the ice that night, and, and he normally is anyway, but I'm saying it wasn't even close. Like there was, it was amazing to me. He was getting pucks that he had no business getting. The I, it must have just been pure adrenaline what he was doing that night. It was it was incredible how much faster he was than everybody else on the ice, particularly given the situation. It was it was one of those Mike. You're, you're old enough like me. You remember the six million dollar man. Oh, it was yeah. one of those moments yes. where he, it's almost <laughs> like he was going. You know, everybody else was in slow motion and he was speeded up. And again. This is a place that, you know, in in two trips there, Bob Motzko had not won a game in State College, Pennsylvania. And the Penn State style of hockey is to throw the puck up ice and shoot from anywhere at all times. So there were a couple of times where the Gophers kind of got run out of that building where, you know, the the crowd gets going and Pagula Ice Arena is just a a perfect college hockey venue. The fans are right on top of you. They're a really passionate fan base. You know, you have that combination of Pittsburgh Penguins fans and Philadelphia Flyers fans and then Buffalo Sabres fans. Those are kind of their drawing area. Well, those are three pretty tough fan bases so you translate that to college (laughs) hockey and it gets loud and it gets personal let's just put it that way uh so you know you you're playing in that atmosphere and just like that it's three nothing for the other team and it's like it would be pretty easy to, to just pack it in and go home at that point bob motzko said at the end of the first period okay here we got two choices let's start the plane and go home or let's start playing some hockey 
And my joke in the story I wrote about it later was, well, Ben Myers didn't want to get on another plane at that point after <laughs> after the adventure he'd had. So uh, he and Brock Faber said, OK, let, let's do this thing. They wind up winning six to four on an empty net goal. And, you know, the, the play that, that doesn't get talked about, but it, uh, Ben Myers gets the puck up to Grant Cruikshank to score the empty net goal. And you think about what that meant in the long term uh, for the Big Ten race, just just that one play yep. for a guy who's running on fumes, who's come from literally more than halfway around the world. I mean, just an amazing moment for Gopher Hockey. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. I listened to a Wally and Frank for the first little bit of that. I'm trying to remember. I think I might have been doing a basketball. I think Gopher basketball might have been home. So when I got home, it was 3-1, to one, and it was just fun to watch on TV the rest of that. All right, so let me ask you this. Um, let, let's, for the moment, put a, put aside the Big Ten tournament. I mean, that that is secondary to the ultimate goal, as you mentioned, in Boston. What um, has to happen for the Golden Gopher? One, to make it, as you mentioned, the Frozen Four for the first time since, was it, is it 2014? And two, win it all for the first time since 2003. Uh, you know, uh, this team, again, uh, going back to that whiteboard, has everything it needs. Um, what gets crazy, and Bob Motzko saw this at St. Cloud State, and he saw this a little bit last year at Minnesota, is in a one-game playoff, you know, everything's different. But I like the fact that there's not a glaring hole in this lineup. You know, there's not a place where uh, an opposing team can look at one line or they can look at one pair of defense or they can look at something the goalie does. You know, the goalie doesn't have a tell. There's there's not one place that you can for sure fire, shoot on Justin Close where you know you're going to have success. So I think the battle to get to the Frozen Four is more of a mental battle than anything. It's just keep doing what we're doing. Don't try and put new elements in your game. Don't try and get cute. Don't try and get fancy. Just play basic, solid hockey with the talent and the depth that you have. And this is a team that obviously could win four games in the NCAA tournament and, and do that for the first time. And the one thing I really like about this coaching staff, you know, Bob Motzko has been there. He reflected on that the other day after they got 10,000 some uh, in the stands against Wisconsin, you know, for, for years and years, we've heard that, well, nobody cares about go for hockey anymore or go for hockey has fallen off and it'll never be like it was. And he, uh, he said, that was a throwback to an earlier era. And what he was referring to is those teams in the early 2000s when he was Don Lucia's top assistant. He was the recruiter going out and building those national championship teams that, that won back-to-back titles in 02 and 03. Um, he said, go for hockey fans didn't go anywhere. They're still out there. You know, yeah. Whether they prefer to watch the games on TV, um, it's clear that something's happening here. And the, the one thing I, I tweeted this, but, you know, Mark Coyle, the, the Gophers athletic director, 47 months ago, he he made a phone call to Bob Motzko and said, hey, are you interested in coming to Minneapolis and interviewing for this position we're going to have open when Don Lucia made the, the decision to step away? Flash forward to Saturday night and Mark Coyle is out on the ice and he's got the Big Ten trophy in his hand. Yeah. And he hands it off to Bob Motzko and there's 10,000 fans absolutely losing their minds. And I thought, man, if that isn't just a perfect fulfillment of, of the vision I bet Mark Coyle had 47 months ago when he made that phone call. Uh, <laughs> that was a pretty neat moment. Yeah, no question. I, I saw uh, that was fun to watch on, on TV as well. And here's the thing, too. I think, obviously, people who really follow college, college hockey understand this. Casual fans, who oh, the Gophers are ranked second. Well, they should go win the title. Uh, I mean, you can play that tournament 100 times, right, with the same 16 teams, and whoever the overwhelming favorite is, whether it's the Mavericks of Minnesota State, who are number 
number one. The Gophers, who are number two. Denver, Michigan, a bunch of teams. Um, you could play that tournament a hundred times, and the best, most talented team might only win it fifteen times, maybe twenty times. Right? I mean, that's that's. I mean, Duluth wins it. Remember when was it? Five six years ago when they weren't even going to get in, and then six crazy things had to happen, and they knocked Minnesota out. They get in as the sixteenth team and and win it all. I mean, that yeah, that's absolutely. that's yeah. it's it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing, and it's so much different than even twenty years ago, right? Don, Don Lucia used to say, and Don Lucia know a little thing about yeah. winning the NCAA tournaments because he won two of them. He said two things. Number one, he said, you never win it with your best team. You know, when, <laughs> when seemingly you have everything in place, that's when some crazy broken axle happens that you don't see coming. You know, somebody gets injured at the wrong moment or a bad turnover or a, a hot goalie or whatever. You know, you never win it with your best team. And the number two thing he said was people don't fathom just how hard it is to win this thing. You know, it's just uh, it's just a real grind. You know, Scott Sandlin up at Minnesota Duluth kind of made it look easy the last time right. they did it because they just had a, a surgical dismantling of UMass in that championship game and looked like a team that, you know, should have been there all along. But you're, you're absolutely right. You're thinking of 2018 when, you know, it was just a statistical anomaly that Minnesota Duluth even got into the NCAA tournament. And by the way, that knocked the Gophers out. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you know, and then they just put together four games and they come to XL Energy Center and win a national title beating a, a very good Notre Dame team in the championship. And that's the other element in all this as we look forward to the NCAA playoffs. I mean, hey, it's the state of hockey. The Gophers are ranked number two in the country. They're also ranked number two in the state because Minnesota yeah. State Mankato <laughs> is, is the number one team and deservedly so with what they've done. They went to their first Frozen Four last year. They beat the Gophers on the way there. So they're going to be a, a very tough out in the NCAA playoffs. Um, St. Cloud State is very good. Minnesota Duluth is very good. You know, so we're, we're seeing some really good, really good hockey here. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Let me ask you real quickly, and I want to ask you about the women's team, <clears throat> excuse me, quickly too, but uh, Duluth and St. Cloud State, you follow this closely. How nervous are they right now? What do they have to do to make sure they get in the field of 16? You know, they play each other this weekend, and that's going to be one of those kind of weird, uh, the way the regular season shapes out, kind of almost a knockout series, because whoever emerges as the winner of that series is probably going to have home ice in the NCHC playoffs, and uh, the loser of that series is going to be on the bubble, and that's a, a tough place to be. That's You you want to have all of that locked down and secured by this point in the year, and neither of them do in a very tough league, which the NCHC has proven to be. You know, we're seeing teams like Denver and North Dakota, who you always expect good things from, uh, are doing the good things we expect. And and uh, that kind of leaves a bunch of others to battle it out. And Western Michigan is an upstart program as well. Uh, a kid right. from Rochester named Pat Fershweiler took over that program over the summer, uh, is doing fantastic things with the Broncos. They're a, a real national title contender, I think, for the first time in a long time. So uh, a fun league over there as well. You know, we mentioned Mankato. They're in the, they won the CCHA, which they, they seem to do every year. They win their conference. And and they've got, I think, the best goaltender in college hockey in Dryden McKay. And they, they've got a leading scorer named Nathan Smith, who's out of Florida. So you talk about the new world of college hockey. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Gophers have a great freshman who's from Arizona. You know, the Mavericks have a, a top scorer from Florida. Well, welcome to the new world. It's not all kids from the Iron Range. And, and both were on the Olympic team for the USA, which was it was was uh, was kind of a fun uh, sliver of of, uh, of American folklore as well with that. Um, last one in regard to the Gopher men and as it relates to Minnesota. Minnesota State Mankato, let's assume they do both go on and win the postseason. Where do you think those two teams get assigned? You know, this is what's really interesting is the way the regionals shake out because uh, both teams got sent to Loveland, Colorado last year, and, and they played in a regional there. Loveland is a host again this year. Now, what gets interesting is if Denver is a top seed, Denver automatically goes to uh, goes to Loveland for regional reasons. So that means 
the the Minnesota teams would probably get sent to to a place like Allentown, Pennsylvania, or Worcester, Massachusetts, which is the other other regional sites. And people are kind of complaining already. You know, folks in college hockey like to like to think that they're being hard done by. It seems like, but yeah. uh, the East is not very strong this year. There are maybe five Eastern teams that are going to get into the field of sixteen in the NCAA tournament, but all of the regionals are out east. So you're going to have all these Western teams having to go out to places like Allentown and Worcester, and you know, and and uh, and play regional games out there and you know, wow that's unfair you know you hear all that but hey the the rink is the same size the blue lines are the same distance apart you know go, go out and play hockey and have fun and and hopefully we'll see a bunch of those teams in boston yeah no doubt about it let's let's hope that uh, the gophers are, are part of that mix and uh who knows maybe maybe it's a year if it breaks out the right way the brackets fall the right way maybe it's a four-team minnesota uh frozen four this year which would be great to see out in beantown all right we have just a few minutes left here on the go gopher podcast jess myers reporter for the rink live the gopher women um they started the year what was it one and three uh and now all of a sudden they got hot i don't think they've lost a regulation game since december um they're ranked number one they're playing this weekend in the semis um what can you tell us about brad frost crew pretty exciting times right now Here's, here's what's cool about the Gopher Hockey team. You mentioned that one and three start. That was coming off of last season where, you know, everything was goofy last year because of COVID. And we've obviously still dealt with COVID and cancellations this year. But last year, uh, about January 10th, Gophers are ranked number one in the country. They go from that to eight weeks later, they don't get an invite to the NCAA tournament. Right. I mean, it was just it was just crazy the way this team struggled down the stretch last year. They made some changes in the offseason. Joel Johnson, the longtime assistant coach, left to go coach number one, the women's Olympic team, and then be, take over the St. Thomas program. And he's going to do some fantastic things there. I yeah. don't think there's any doubt. But that left a vacancy. Brad Frost went out and got Natalie Darwitz and her top assistant to come over from Hamlin. Natalie Darwitz is obviously a legendary name in gopher hockey women's hockey history. Um, and she came in and this is what really impressed me talking to Natalie Darwitz, you know, Mike, as a reporter, sometimes you kind of expect certain responses. You expect to hear certain things. I talked to Natalie Darwitz and I expected to hear it's exciting to be coming back to go for hockey. This is my home, you know, all those feel good things. And what I heard from Natalie Darwitz in that moment was this program is not where it needs to be. Changes have to be made. It is not acceptable for us to not be in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Things are going to be different. And it was like, wow, <laughs> you know, there, yeah. there is one determined coach who is, is going to turn things around over time. Nobody knew it would happen this quickly, right. especially after a one and three start. You thought, boy, the, this program needs some things going on. But here's what they've got going for them. Number one, fantastic freshman class. It seems like they always have. Number two, They've got a good problem to have. They've got too many goalies. They've got three legitimate number one goalies on this team. Um, so they're super strong in net, and everybody knows you need that in the playoffs. And then Taylor Heisey, what a fantastic story. I wrote about her, uh, you know, she's out of Lake City, okay? Yeah. That, that again, are another proud, you know, hockey tradition out of Lake City, Minnesota. Yeah. Well, no, they don't, because they don't have youth hockey in Lake City. Yeah, but best but she known for Randy Brewer, probably, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they invented water skiing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful place, Lake City. She woke up one morning when she was, you know, five, six, seven years old and told her parents, I want to play hockey. Um, she's got a brother who plays basketball at Northern Iowa right now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it was a basketball family in a basketball town, but she said, <laughs> I want to play hockey. They started driving her every day to Red Wing because that was the nearest hockey program. She went to high school in Red Wing. She won Ms. Hockey there. So just a total fluke of a story that could maybe only happen in Minnesota where a kid in a non-hockey town wakes up one day and says, hey, I'm going to be a hockey player. 
And she's, you know, one of the best players in college hockey right now. She's doing everything for them on the ice. Really fun to watch. So the resurgence of this program has been good. With all of that said, uh, this weekend's tournament is going to be uh, just a, a knockdown dragout rock fight because you've got fantastic teams in, in all four. You know, all four teams are are just rock solid. Ohio State under Nadine Muzzerall, former Gopher, uh, has quickly built themselves into one of the top programs in women's college hockey. Wisconsin has had a down second half of the year, but the, the Badgers are always a tough out. And Minnesota Duluth survived a three-game playoff series with Minnesota State to get back here. And the Bulldogs always seem to have a little extra gear when they play at Ritter Arena. So these are going to be fun, really fun four hockey games. But, but if you're a Gopher fan, here's what's really cool is you played at home last weekend to clinch the WCHA title. You get to play at home in the in the first round of the playoffs. You get to play at home for the conference tournament, the Final Four, which is happening this weekend. Then you get a regional game at home, and then potentially you go to the Frozen Four, which is out in State College. So uh, uh, this this is a, a good position for the Gopher women to be in, and I think they absolutely have their sets uh, their sights set on nothing less than hanging another national championship banner there. Yeah, it should be fun to watch, no doubt. Jess, how can we find your stuff if we want to read about uh, hockey here in the Upper Midwest? TheRinkLive.com is uh, where we've got everything there, and we've got a nice, uh, fun kind of army of reporters covering everything in the region from North Dakota hockey to St. Cloud State to UMD and everything else. Um, just a, a fun group that we've got there, a lot of video, a lot of youth hockey and juniors coverage as well. So uh, check out TheRinkLive.com when you have a chance. Very good. And what's your Twitter handle? At Jess R. Myers. So, Jess uh, you R. Know, Myers. And and I try, I try to leave the politics out. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a that's a wise decision. Hey, it's been fun. Let's uh, let's catch up. Uh, let's hope that there's a whole bunch to talk about both men's and women's, and uh, let's catch up again here in a, in a few weeks. Yeah, let's do one of these from Boston. I think that'd be a lot of that fun. That would be ideal, no doubt about it. Maybe I'll even be out there with you. Let's do it in person. That would be fun. That's a, that's a good idea. We'll get we'll get some oysters or something, you know, whatever they do out there. Yeah, fun. Clam chowder, I think. We'll do some clam chowder. All right, good very stuff. good, Jess. Thank you. Thank you. My thanks to Jess Myers for joining me on our Go Gopher podcast, episode number nine. Jess is the top hockey reporter for the Gophers for the Rink Live. And again, our thanks to our presenting sponsor, Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. The Go Gopher podcast is also brought to you by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at Champlin Insurance. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts and be sure to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast right this second. It's absolutely free to listen. We'll talk again next week.